guys welcome back to floral couch conversations i'm emily and i'm Alyssa. and today we are joined by i really want to say friend <laughs> because you're my friend yeah <laughs> but nick does not use the term friend loosely so soon to be emily's friend yeah. nick <laughs> i like it yeah a friend to all is a friend to none so the day Nick called me an actual friend was I like screenshotted oh it. I have it saved. Wait, so what's it, the backstory? I don't know. That's just like his. I would like said something about being a friend one day. He's like, Ugh. like he just wouldn't call me a friend. I just feel like everybody uses the word friend. So like, oh, a friend, a friend, a friend, a friend. And I'm just like, well, like I always think like if you're in the ditch somewhere, who would you call? Like, would you call all those people and you know they would be there? Like, if you know they'll be there, then I think you can consider them a friend. But I don't know. I just feel like you meet somebody for the first time in class and like, oh, yeah, my friend. Like, we sit next to each other. And it's just like, mm, are they really your friend? Another thing I always do is like, do you know their middle name? Like, if you go through like my phone, my phone has like pretty much everybody's middle name. And <laughs> so it's just like, oh, this person's middle name. And they're just, Interesting. Some people think it's weird. but <laughs> I can I can see that. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I don't think I. Yeah, I don't use it super loosely, but maybe. More loosely than, than you would. <laughs> well, I, I like probably pro- use it more strictly. So what do you say, or do you just not say anything? Like, do you say acquaintance or... Coworker? <laughs> Close work proximity partners. <laughs> 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 that's, that's a term I've used once. <laughs> I got a lot of heat beef about that. A person but I sit by every person day. person I sit by, you know. Because, <laughs> yeah, our, our now friend Dana yes. Yes, <laughs> sat next to him. Like, their cubes were next to each other, and they were proximity partners because they weren't yet friends. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We just, okay. But I mean, I don't so know. It, yeah. It's usually like, oh, a person I know. I don't know. It's probably, a, yeah. probably what I use more a often. A person I know. Just like, a person I know in this class. I just don't say it. I just feel. Yeah. I put too much value behind it. So. I mean, <laughs> it just that means makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, it means more when you say mm-hmm. it. So it's uh, there's three words I very rarely use, and it's say it's friend, perfect, and love. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just those three words. Is just like. Yeah, you mean know. what you say. <laughs> yeah, there's. I can get on board with that. Same. Anyway, so we who do be- we have <laughs> here? <laughs> we became friends um, because we worked together, and now you have moved on. But hopefully, we'll move back. <laughs> so, and we would always sit together at lunch, yeah. and I just learned how fascinating your life is, <laughs> and I'm so glad that you're here to talk about it with us. See, I don't think my life's fascinating. I just think I'm a good storyteller. It's probably <laughs> it's probably the best way of putting it. I feel it. like Emily, you'd classify yourself as that as well, right? Good storyteller. Um, if I was self-describing, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> you're, but you're not. So. You can call me a good, story, do people, good storyteller. Do, do people at, tell you that you need to write a book? Like, oh, you need to write a book like about your life sometime. Or? Mm, not about my life, really. Emily's but, a writer, so I am a writer. Oh, like. Okay as a career so yeah i want to write a book yeah about yeah. yourself or just like Not fiction about, or? i mean i have a couple stories in my life that i'm actually working on like a collection of short stories okay tentatively titled drama from my young adult life <laughs> i love it where it's just like some are my stories and some are stories i've taken from other people with their okay. permission so mm-hmm. am i in this book not yet <laughs> but it might be a good thing if it's about drama. <laughs> drama. You can donate the story. I mean, you're in like some of my like, like a, a parallel a background character, character. <laughs> in some of my stories. Just checking. 
I've never. I don't think I've ever like announced that to anyone. I've told no. some people, but I. You've never. Ooh. I like. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard you say that. So. That's what I'm working on these days. Surprise, guys! <laughs> Hot tea. Okay. <laughs> so, Nick, you are currently a college student. I am. Which I also feel like might contribute to the friend thing because you meet so many people in college versus like in adulthood. I don't <laughs> spend t- enough yeah. time to like hang out with people <laughs> that I don't want to hang out with that aren't friends. True. But can you talk a little bit about what you're studying and how you chose colleges and how you ended up where you are? Yeah, so I actually originally started out at University of St. Thomas. <laughs> I Go was Tommies! There. <laughs> I was there for two years, and then after two years, I transferred to the University of Minnesota. Um, going into college, I thought it was going to be like a poli-sci international business. I was just like, oh, I'm going to travel the world. Took one poli-sci class, absolutely hated it. Loved the <laughs> teacher, but hated the class. It was just a bore through and through. And then I was finally like, well... I felt like business, I didn't want to do like complete business because I just don't want to be like, oh, he just went to school for business. Like, you know, I was like, so I thought, okay, what's There's something? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing the wrong, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like, okay, what's something I can still like, because I still like the political aspects. So I was like, okay, what's something I can do with like business and politics? And I felt like economics kind of met in the middle there. Turns out economics is a lot more calculus. <laughs> so, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like, I, uh, I thought I had my notebook with me, but like my notebook, like I'll show one of my coworkers. And he was like, that looks like calculus. I was like, no, that's econ. <laughs> but um, so I'm studying economics now and a minor in accounting. And I'll be graduating a year from well, May 2020. So Okay. So you're going a full another year. I am going a full another year. I thought you were graduating yeah. in December. <laughs> I thought about it. I I was going to take a summer class. And then if I took the summer class, and then I would have taken a full schedule in the fall, like a full a, more, actually five classes in the fall. Could have pulled it off. Not but worth it. I literally, <laughs> so I was going to take financial economics this summer, and I was like, oh, I was like, this is my last summer, and I was just, I didn't want to do it, so I dropped the class one minute before it started. <laughs> I was just oh like, my gosh! Right. <laughs> so I am just working this summer, which I like. But I think that's a good decision. I've we've had I've had two interns that I've worked with at my work in the past where they were deciding if they should graduate early. And they were asking my advice, and I was like, don't do it. <laughs> Why would you try to get into the real world faster than you have to? <laughs> so just take your time. There you go. That's what, see, that's what I hear from everybody. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, if I could go to college right now, I would. And I was like, okay. So, and plus now it like spreads out my workload between the two semesters. So it's like. Yeah, like, you'll have kind of a cush it's a pretty last easy, year. Exactly. So I'll be able to probably work a bit, quite a bit more these mm-hmm. next two semesters. Yeah. And, also do some school. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Hopefully work back with me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could. <laughs> no comment on that. <laughs> okay. So backing up a little bit, you grew up in a small town. And actually, Nick and I's high schools were in the same like conference. So yeah, I actually met a girl fact. last night at Cowboy Jacks and she went to Faribault VA. And she What's her name? She said Jordan with an A-N because I asked if it was a Y. But I didn't. I didn't get her last name. But it was Jordan. She goes to St. Thomas now, so it must be. Huh. <laughs> oh, everyone's <laughs> in your footsteps. That, that, <laughs> that might be. I don't know. She was, I just ran into her. I was just talking to her at the bar because we were waiting forever for drinks. But fun. Yeah. <laughs> Small world. Yeah. I've been to Cowboy Jackson a lot. I was just thinking. It was crazy busy last night. So my friend from high school is actually up here with her boyfriend because it's her birthday coming up. 
and so they were celebrating and so nice. I was like oh let's go let's meet up so we ended up meeting up down there and good country bar yeah <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a very I don't know a great way of putting it it's very uh, bro that's accurate you kind of never know what you're going to get there because I've been there on a Saturday where you can't even move. Mm-hmm. And I've also been there on a Saturday where there's five people there. Yep. Yeah. And it's like all like grandparent age. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was pretty busy last night. So at least upstairs on the patio, but it was so hot out. So I bet everyone just wanted to be like outside, mm-hmm. not inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. And then, well, and then <laughs> it's kind of funny because we went out and then I was with my boyfriend and we were planning on going to bed because he works today. We ended up going to the saloon, and we left there at about 2.30, and now he's at work right now, and he's kind of bitching me out. <laughs> like, you could have gone to bed, but... Yeah, that's not your fault. Oh, well. <laughs> but anyways, back to your original question. Original, <laughs> I was going on so many different uh, tangencies, or as my advisor says, I digress. So oh, I like, yeah. I, I feel like people <laughs> say that all the time. <laughs> it's just like, just jump back to what you were talking about. But what you're getting at, I grew up in a small town, yeah. Uh, 47 kids in my class. Okay. Wow. I knew everybody. I knew everybody from preschool, kindergarten. I knew everybody's parents, everybody's siblings, like everybody's backstory. Parents was in the same school I went to. My parents were high school sweethearts. It's kind of just like that. I feel like that cookie cutter type, like Midwestern type country life. Yeah. Type living. Grew up on a farm. My parents owned a business. So, and I have three other siblings. Um, you have a sibling in your same grade, correct? I do. How? She, <laughs> Go ahead. She's 18 days younger than me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's usually kind of like people are like, oh, if they're not from there, they they know the backstory. But, uh, yep, we were in the same grade, 18 days apart. Um, grew up together. We are different in every aspect of our lives. Uh, and the reason why we're 18 days apart is because that we're adopted. So, mm-hmm. were you adopted like at the same age? Yes. Yo. Okay. So. My parents gonna have children, so they actually adopted all of us. My older two siblings are from the main greater Minnesota area. Mm-hmm. And then Natalie and I, we're adopted from Russia. And so when my parents went over in 99, I feel old, <laughs> back in 99, um, they- Is that what the year you were born? No, I was born in 96. Oh, that's right. You're the yeah. same age as my sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, my parents went over there and they adopted us together and mm-hmm. then they came back with us together and then they're like, oh, they're like in the same grade and they came over together and they're, and so everyone's like, you guys are twins, right? It's like, no, no, not. <laughs> no not, not twins at all. So this is kind of like that Janesville thing. Like, oh, if you're from Janesville, you know. But, the story, because <laughs> yeah, everyone know the story. knows <laughs> everyone's business. So being adopted from Russia and still um, some of your Russian heritage? I don't... I don't think so. I don't think like they really put any like pressure on or I don't know if pressure is the right word, but like try to keep us connected there. They always told us about it. Mm-hmm. So like I never had a day where I didn't know I was adopted. Um, I took more of an interest in it. I feel like it was just more interest based. Like Natalie, she she kind of has a slight interest, but not as much as I had. So um, but I wouldn't say my parents really had like, a oh, like we should go to this restaurant because it's Russian or we should like do yeah. this because mm-hmm. it's Russian or anything. But but they supported you in your interest. In- yeah, yeah, they definitely supported mm-hmm. me. So. They sent you to Russian camp? They- <laughs> yep, so uh, there were two summers I went to Russian camp or Russian immersion camp as I probably should put it because 
one day at work. I think we were at like a lunch meeting. This was not me for the record. I was just, <laughs> I was just witnessing this. Continue. We were, we were talking and I, I was like, like, oh yeah, Russian camp. And everyone's like, wait, 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 stop, stop. We, we were like, what is Russian <laughs> camp? Like, I think everyone probably thought my parents sent me to like some labor intensive camp, but <laughs> it was through Concordia language villages. And it was like a two week program. I'd go in the summer and literally cool. everybody spoke Russian. Like, uh, so a counselor is called the Vajati. And there's this one Vajati called Bredis, and Bredis didn't know any English. And he was like, and he would always try and talk to me. And I was just, I, there'd be times where I was like, I remember the first time I went, there was one night I was just like crying. I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to survive this camp for two weeks. I don't know any Russian. And there was like, and like all the kids are from like the East and West Coast, the big cities mm-hmm. like Chicago. And like, they all kind of like, they knew Russian fairly well. And it was mostly because their parents knew Russian. So mm-hmm. then it was just like, I was like, I didn't know any Russians before I came up here, really, except for my sister. So Yeah, I feel like you got a little flack for calling it a Russian camp. Yeah. Did you I, pick it up pretty quickly though? Like just being immersed in it? Um, yeah, I would say so. I mean it was like very by the end of each like camp, um, it was just like I'd be able to carry a pretty like general conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I could be able to get by, I think, in in Russia maybe. <laughs> Not today, but like after the camps, it was like, oh like I'd listen to Russian music all the time. I'd like watch um, like what Russian TV and whatnot. So that's really I'd cool. like, yeah. I like Rosetta Stone and whatnot. But after a while, just once you're, it's so hard to keep doing it mm-hmm. when it's not around you. Yeah. So. You don't use it, you lose it, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and like in Janesville, Minnesota, you aren't going to find too many <laughs> Russians down there. Yeah. So. <laughs> Very cool, though. So have you ever like tr- had interest in finding your parents at all? Um, so I get that question quite a bit. I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, n- no, not not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, like one reason, like I haven't really actively seeked out is because, like, my mom's my mom's very like I won't say mushy, just like very like sentimental. Yeah, very sentimental. So it's like we're like we're your parents. Yeah. Like, and I'm like I I get that, mm-hmm. and like I don't ever th- I've never had a feeling of like who are my real parents like quotation mark real parents and these are biological like, and I feel like. If there was a coincidence or an occasion that arise to where I met them, sure, I'd probably introduce myself. But um, I feel like me actively seeking it out would make my mom, in particular, feel like I felt like some disconnection. Yeah, with like I, you like, felt I, like something was missing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I definitely don't have that feeling. I love my parents to death. So yeah, it's I feel like, like that's a common answer mm-hmm. for sure. But I have been interested to see if I have any siblings. Like, yeah. so, my, so my mm-hmm. so my mom was 18 when she had my, my biological yep. mother was 18 when she had me, and so she put me up for adoption. So I was like, okay, so I, I, if she had more children, I'd have like younger siblings. And like with my current like my current like family my siblings who I grew up with <laughs> we are not similar in any regard like like we are our own like each individual person human being in every aspect so it's just like I wonder like are there any like similarities with my siblings yeah because I remember I took a sociology class and they were talking about like twins that were split up at birth that were like identical and that were raised in different environments mm-hmm. and then like siblings raised together in the same environment but adopted from adopted in and the twins that were separated were still more similar than like the two that were in the yeah, same environment. Yeah, I heard of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was just like, well, maybe if I ever, I like, I've, I don't really know how I'd go about it because like that language barrier. So yep. I was just kind of like, have you thought about doing like a twenty-three? I was just thinking I, that. <laughs> I keep on. I think 
I know I will do it at some point. It's just like going there and because like they have, I know they have like the different price range. Like they have like one for a hundred, and then they have like one for two fifty. Yeah. But being a college student, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely want to do it. But it is nice going to the doctor because then, like, when they do medical history, like family history, I just put adopted right yeah, across. Like, and, oh yeah. yeah. Just like there we go. So and then it's always interesting when the doctor's like, oh, like, does this happen in the family? Yeah. It's like, like I don't know. <laughs> mm. And then just that whole conversation just goes out the window. So it's like <laughs> yeah. that one convenience <laughs> that comes with it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> My aunt actually had a baby when she was a teenager and gave her up for adoption. And then they both like put on um, some sort of like web adoption finding website that they okay. were interested in finding each other. And so then okay. that, that's how they reconnected. And I think my now my cousin, I'm not sure how old she was. I think she was like 22 or something. She just graduated from college and they like reconnected. And I feel like depending on what your expectations are, like it can be like (laughs) difficult. So it must've been an open adoption then. Like they didn't, cause I think, I don't really know how that works. I mean, being international, it's so like, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think it was open, but I think it was like, I don't know how that works. They went on like a forum afterwards. Yeah. Like they went and found each other afterwards. Like she was, 22 or something so she was an adult by that point so i suppose nowadays it's so much easier to like facebook yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) do it that way (laughs) crazy because they're like well yeah now you have this cousin that you didn't know about i'm like oh hey so it's kind of cool yeah new family member Mm -hmm. (laughs) so being in a small town i feel like you're kind of trusting um i remember you told us a story about Staying at a stranger's house. <laughs> yeah. Can you go into that a little bit? <laughs> so I was home, I think it was in February. I don't, I guess it doesn't matter. It was winter time. And there was, I was home and I wanted to go out with some friends and it was supposed to snow that night. It was a Saturday. But my mom was like, oh, be careful. Like, if you're, like you're going to be down there and drinking and then like it's supposed to snow. Like, just stay down there if you need to. But I told my mom I'd go to church with her the next morning. <laughs> so I was like, okay, like, I have to make it home or else my mom will, like, she's not mad, but you could just, like, tell. She's like, okay, she's a little upset that she didn't go to church. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to go home. So it was about, we go to this bar. I was just with one high school friend and his roommate and just shooting the breeze. And it was probably, like, midnight we left. And, like, in town, in Mankato, it was, like, there was some drifts and whatnot, but it didn't look bad. Like, it wasn't, like, terribly windy or anything. So I ended up driving home. Well, <laughs> I actually went downtown Mankato afterwards to meet up with uh, a potential date. Didn't work <laughs> at all. It was, I was just like, I didn't wow. hear that part of the story no, I, the first time you told it. but <laughs> So that held me back another hour. So I didn't leave Mankato for like until 1 o'clock. So I started driving home 1 o'clock and there's this um, road that goes up to the highway. It's probably like a quarter mile long and it's just like a gradual grade up. It took me almost five minutes to get up this on this on-ramp. And I was like, okay, I don't think I'm gonna make it. But I still continued on, continued on. And then finally I was like half, I was like seven miles out of town and I, was, I text my friend, Brennan, and I was like, hey, like, uh, I think I'm gonna come over and stay over. But no response, no response. And I was like, all right. I guess I'm like, I'm not going to sleep here in my car here on the side of the road. So I continued on, continued driving. There's a cop car 
and this car in the ditch and a tow truck. And I'm like, oh gosh. After a while, like, I could not see anything. And I was like following the GPS on my car just to stay on the road. And I was like continuing and I was about the halfway point and I saw this car on the side of the road, hazards on. And I don't know why, but I was like, oh, I better check to see if they're okay. So I stopped and there were three people in the car and I, they, I asked if they were okay and they're like, yeah, we're good, we're good. I was like, okay. I was like, where are you guys heading? And they're like, oh, we're going to Janesville. I'm like, oh, so am I. I was like by myself in the car. So I was like, I need people to talk to or something. <laughs> so I was like, get in my car. <laughs> so they got in the car and it was uh, two guys, or it was a couple, the white, the, um, the girl was pregnant and then this guy, the friend of theirs, and they're coming from over by St. Peter, which is like north of Mankato. And so we're driving, and like the one guy sat in the driver's in the passenger seat is like telling me like where the road is. He's like, no left, more right, no left. So and then the two in the back are just sitting back there chilling. And then finally we get up to the exit to Janesville, and as we're going over the overpass, my car gets stuck. So it's like three in the morning, and the guy in the bag said, Oh, he'll call his friend. So he called his friend who lived in Janesville to come pull me. So we sat there for like another half hour and we did try and dig my car out. I was drenched because the snow all melted. And then finally, three, oh, it might be like 3 30 by the time he got there, he pulled me out. I drove to this couple's house and they're like, Well, like, where do you have to go? And I'm like, Oh, I still have to go north of town. And like, oh, well, do you just want to stay here? <laughs> like, oh, sure. I was like, I would love to. Like, I, I don't want to drive anymore. I'm done driving. So like, okay, yeah, you could just stay here. So they open up the garage door. That's the garage door opens up. There's this huge Confederate flag in the back. Oh, my gosh. It's just like this guy's man caves in the whole garage. You could just see, like, the guns and everything. I grew up, like, I'm pretty familiar with it all, but I'm just like, all righty and then we get into the house they have like three dogs two cats and like i'm like i don't mind pets but like i grew up on a farm so i'm just like most i like think one dog inside is good other than that the animals belong in the barn <laughs> but so you guys have that in common <laughs> <laughs> although he wants one more dog in the house than i do <laughs> that's true, that's true. um and then they're like and then my clothes were wet so then i asked for some pajamas <laughs> <laughs> they gave me some pajamas, and then they asked me if I was hungry, so had some cereal and uh, went to bed. <laughs> and then I woke up the next morning, and like I felt awkward because I was just like, "Well, I can't just get up and just leave," because I'd be like, "Wait, where'd this guy go?" <laughs> so we ended up. Uh, I stayed up, like laying on the couch, just kind of twiddling my thumbs, and then finally they got up, and then I drove home, made it home. Parents didn't even go to church. And I was like. <laughs> I was, I was like, oh, I was just like, okay, you know what? And then, like, about five minutes later, they closed all all the roads in Wasika County. So, I was like, oh my oh. gosh, <laughs> I feel like that's so trusting. I don't know if I would have ever stopped for someone in the ditch. Like, that sounds horrible, <laughs> but I like. I don't know. I've seen too much Criminal Minds or something to like pull over. <laughs> That's so funny you say that. My mom's like, what if they were druggies, like getting like on a run or something? And I'm like. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I could fend for myself pretty well. I mean, and I told her, I was like, the one girl was pregnant. Like, I don't like, I, maybe I'm trusting too much. I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like nowadays people think like that, but I, I have to believe that there's more good people than there are like crazy, serial. bad, druggy, serial killer <laughs> people. So like most likely 
you're gonna be okay right and if you're in like a rural road like I went in the ditch once and like nice people were like are you okay I was like yeah (laughs) someone's on the way like whatever (laughs) so like yeah I'd like to believe that's the case but I also feel like you're just like taught to be on edge (laughs) yeah well that's what sucks is that you want to help like your instinct driving mm-hmm. past someone in the ditch is like oh i really want to stop and help and make sure they're okay but then your second thought is like no i have to worry about for my own safety like what if yeah and that's it's just like ugh, why does this world have to be like that <laughs> so you didn't make it to church <laughs> um yeah. was this a catholic church you were going to <laughs> as a matter of fact it was <laughs> yes so i know you're catholic but you are also gay yes how do you reconcile that and how was it coming out to a very conservative family and just i guess can you talk about that a little bit so even though like i'm gay none of the stereotypes or i feel like a lot of stereotypes do not come along with it at least for me um there's different aspects like i go to church occasionally just on my own but it's more like uh it's more just like a more morality type thing. It's just Mm kind of like, I feel like it's kind of like when you go to lecture at class and it's just like, you listen and it's just like, okay, like you just take away what you want to take away. Yeah. 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 So like I do that. I'm not, I also kind of like, I like tradition too, which is probably also another weird thing for me to um, value. But it's just like, I like the, the traditional aspect of it. Not necessarily like, I know like all their history and whatnot, but it's just like the ceremonial aspect Mm -hmm, to it. mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's how, like, the queen is still a thing in London. Like, people just, like, the whole glitz and glamour, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, but do they really, like, support the actual institution of it? It's like... Probably not probably 100%. Not. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's, like, my relationship, probably, with the church. But, like, mm, I don't know. It's just kind of, like, one of those things. Like, one thing about, like, the Catholic church is, like, I don't like the part where they're, like, oh, or just, I guess, with Christianity or something, it's like, oh, you should be good because of Jesus. It's like, well, why can't you just, like, like, do you really need him as a reason to, mm-hmm. like, be good? Like, why don't you just yeah, be, be good. good instead? But, uh, and then just, like, also the money part. I'm just, like, that part gets me going. Like, oh, you need to give 10%. Oh, I know. Oh, they like, always put, like, yeah, a percentage of your income that they expect mm-hmm. you to contribute. And then, like, with the whole, like, hierarchy thing, like, at my, or my parents' parish, they're, like, trying to build a new, air, like, a new parish center. But then, like, the diocese is, like, oh, well, if you need that, like, like you need to make sure you fill your funding that you need to send our way and then it's like my dad and I sometimes go on rants about that it's just like <laughs> this is like well why can't we just keep the money here like in the community and why does it have to go to the pope but fair question <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'd say like i i kind of like I mean, I wouldn't say I like it. It's just more like I grew up going to church every Sunday. So maybe there's like a nostalgic part to it mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because I feel like I I grew up Catholic as well. And there's a lot of parts of it that I do really like. But there's a lot of things that I disagree with mm-hmm. with Catholicism. Oh. But it's also like a community aspect. Like you go and I feel like we talked about recently how like bringing back of TV shows is like there was an article that said it might be replacing like religion oh. to an extent because it's that nostalgic community feel like you bond over that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I don't know. I feel like you get that if you go to church, regardless of if you 100% agree with everything. So I grew up Lutheran, going to a Lutheran okay. church, but I went to a Catholic high school. Okay. And so I didn't know a lot about Catholicism and like the difference between like 
Catholic and all the other different, all the denominations. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize like how big of a thing Catholic school is and like Catholic elementary schools and like leading into high schools. And so I went to Catholic high school and met all of these people who had gone to school together in these really small schools (laughs) all their life. And it's like, not a cult mentality, <laughs> but like they had all these stories and they were all super close. And I saw that and I was like, oh, I want that. Like I love being a part of this. And so in high school, I felt like I didn't necessarily like identify or like believe in like the teachings of Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, okay, I still feel like I fall more on the Lutheran side here, but I was like, Oh, I love like <laughs> being a part of this community where like mm-hmm. we get to go to mass during school. <laughs> and like, it really is like that. You want to be a part of that community and feel like you're like in on their Catholic inside jokes. And <laughs> Catholic <laughs> inside jokes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, uh, but I was like totally on the outside, like during mass, like sat, didn't go to communion. And, but that's so interesting. Yeah. Cause is. I, yeah. I feel like at my Catholic school, I could name the three Lutheran kids. Like, <laughs> yep, I was one of those. <laughs> that's interesting. I feel like a lot of people that I know that went to cat or that went to a Catholic school growing up, I feel like they like have like gone farther away from the church or like they dislike the church more because of like the different teachings and whatnot. Like, well, like my boyfriend, he went to a Catholic school. Okay. And like there, like one of his teachers would always say like, Oh, all the gays are just going straight to hell and like doing all that stuff. So like, and like just a few weeks ago, there's a Bishop in, um, Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, who was I like, read about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he had a tweet that was like, it is like not the Christian or the Catholic thing to do to like mm-hmm. support um, the LGBTQ, ABCDFG community <laughs> <laughs> during this Pride Month. And it's just like, Ugh. I don't know. It's just yeah. like, just pe- like the fact that there's still people in the church that are like that. It's irritating. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I feel like a lot of my friends and the people I know have gone to Catholic school don't go to church every Sunday and Mm -hmm. they don't like keep up with that because of the fact that it's been shoved down their throats their entire life. And they're kind of just like, nah, now that I'm done, (laughs) I don't really want to do this anymore. I, yeah. So whereas like growing up Lutheran, I feel like it's definitely a little more mild and Mm -hmm. like you're more rooted in those just traditions and like community things. And it's, it's less moral about guilt. And yeah, I I feel like that's like a big thing. Like, I feel like most people back home, like even my classmates, a lot of them, I mean, like I grew up in a small town, so you know who the Lutherans were, you knew who the Catholics <laughs> were. And so it just seems like, and everybody like, it seemed like growing up went to church, but now like I'm trying to like go through my classmates and I'm like, I don't think any of them really go to church regularly, but I just feel like nowadays it's like, you don't need to go to church to prove that you're like a Christian or something mm-hmm. or because right. you believe. Whereas like, Last generation, it was probably like, oh, like, if you aren't going to church, then you must not be Christian. So it's probably that aspect, probably kind of disintegrating or disintegrating yeah, yeah. time. Which, yeah, I kind of like that. I mean, you own your own relationship with a higher power. Like, yeah, exactly. Make it what you want. <laughs> so, how did your parents kind of always know you were gay, or did you have to actually come out to them? <laughs> no, I actually had to come out. <laughs> that was, so, actually, I came out to my parents just this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, well, I first came out to my best friend from high school, like in the world. She lives out in New York. Uh, I came out to her freshman year, 2016. Um, 
and then just like I told a handful of people throughout like the time but then I was like okay well I grew up in a small town and we all know how word spreads around mm -hmm. so it started becoming more of a like I think more of my friends just knew or they assumed even though I never really came out and I was just like, I would have been devastated if my parents would have heard like from somebody else and not mm -hmm. from me. And so finally, I told myself that I was going to tell my parents once I graduated college that I was, I don't know, I just felt like that was like my last thing. Like graduate, tell them I'm gay, good to go. Like, <laughs> like close up shop. But um, so I'm doing this next year will be my fifth year. So I'm doing your victory year. lap. Yeah, my victory lap. And I don't know, I just felt like I had like I've been working well with Adelaide, well with Alyssa um, at our at my past employment for two years. I had this new place I'm going to this summer and I'm currently at and like I had this boyfriend and he's out. And I was just like I just felt like that was just kind of like a like a bottleneck. So I was mm -hmm. just like after my last final this past semester I just drove straight home and my parents didn't know I was coming home and whatnot, and I was, they're like, oh, you're here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm here. They're like, oh, they're like, why? And I was like, oh, and I was just like, just here. <laughs> and then finally, like, we had dinner and whatnot, and then it was a bedtime, and my mom and I, we always have our heart-to-heart -heart conversations. And then mm -hmm. finally, my dad was out on the porch sleeping, because he's been there, my dad farms now, so. He's been up, this during planting season, so he was pretty busy. Finally, my mom's like, well, I think I'm gonna head to bed. And I was like, well, I was like, can you get dad in here too? And we were in the living room and she, they're like, oh yeah. And I was like, my mom told me on multiple occasions, um, Nick, nothing ever surprises your mom, me or your dad anymore. And I was like, is that like a wink, wink? <laughs> like, or like, what, what do you mean by that? Like, and then even when I was in college, my mom used to always ask me, so is there anybody special? Are you seeing anybody? And she stopped asking that like for a long time. So I was just like, okay, so you're not asking me, like, if there's anybody special in my life. Like, you told me nothing will surprise you and dad. Like, I was like, like you, you have to know. And, like, I'd even tell, like, some of my friends in college, and they're like, they'd, like, they'd look at my outfits, and they'd be like, how do your parents not know? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I grew up in a small town. Like, they're naive to it all. Like, they don't really know, I guess, the culture. For your reference right now, too, you're wearing a share shirt, which is like on point. I love it. <laughs> I love that because I was on the way here. I was listening to the Mamma Mia 2 oh my gosh. <laughs> so good, which is just amazing. So I was listening to Believe coming here. Yeah. <laughs> Jamming as it's raining outside. But <laughs> anyways, uh, so I sat down with my parents. They're in the living room on the couch. I was sitting on the fire by the fireplace. And. I was like, Mom, Dad, you guys told me that you guys will, like, nothing surprises you guys anymore. Because, believe it or not, my younger sister is kind of the black sheep of the family. I don't know if she would agree, but... <laughs> um, so I was like, how much, like, <laughs> how much more different could this be? So I told them, and my dad's first comment was, uh, well, you're still our son. And I was like, oh, like, I was so nervous about, my, about what my dad's reaction mm -hmm. would be, because I was just like... He grew up in a farm, Catholic family. Both my grandparents are Catholics on both sides. My mom's parents were um, Irish Catholics, and then my dad's side was a German Catholic and an Irish Catholic. So that was that was a little big for even that to happen, <laughs> a German and an Irish Catholic to get married. Um, oh <laughs> so it's just like through and through, my mom is very religious too. 
And so, I don't know, I just felt like my dad was like very nervous. Cause then like when they redid Will and Grace, my parents remembered it with the original. And so they tried and started watching the new one. And I remember during one Thanksgiving, my mom's like, oh yeah, dad and I, we tried watching it. But dad got a little uncomfortable because it's kind of a little too gay. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay, never mind. So like I postponed coming out a little yeah. bit later again and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so I was shocked when my dad said that. I was just like, oh my God, like, I was just a huge relief. My mom, on the other hand, she she took a, a she's still working on it too. So and like I get like I've known since like 2016. I tell them at 19, and I'm like I shouldn't really just expect them to be like oh like so accepting because I mean it took me a while to like I guess accept it as well. Mm-hmm. But my mom was like, well, are there any like resources? <laughs> And I was like, resources? She's like, well, like, to read about it. And I was just like, what do you want? Like, I was like thinking, I was just like, well, there are, like, websites that we could read about. And I was just like, okay. So I ended up sending, like, an email. But, like, finding resources that are, like, totally aligned with what I believe in, I don't think there are any. <laughs> like, yeah. So, like, I try and find some, like, pro-LGBT websites. But they're all, like maybe a little too far left for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you do like the, then I was like Christian gay son. And then you like look at the Christian ones and it's like, too right. it is not your fault for your child's sins. Oh and my I'm gosh, just like, wow. so like I was trying to find some like more like collegiate, like academia type mm-hmm. papers about it. Like kind of like sentence. I sent that them way or to them. And I was just like, I was like, I don't totally believe with both sides. Like just, no, I'm somewhere in the middle here. So my mom's still working with working on, and like I asked my mom, I was like, "Well, you stopped asking me if I was seeing someone." She's like, "Well, I just, I just thought there'd be a special someone that, like, a girl that would come by and just take you by surprise someday." And I was like, "Oh," I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> so, but I actually, uh, all my siblings, I think all my siblings, I don't know. Well, so my younger sister, I don't really talk to that much. Um, so I don't know if she knows, but she might. But all my other siblings, they know. All my in-laws know. So it's pretty good. I, mean, yeah. I have no complaints. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad like it happened. As far as reactions can go, that seemed pretty accepting. Oh, yeah, and there's like... They want to know more and understand. Yeah, that's, that's true, yeah. Like, I don't think it was very... There's, I don't maybe my mom had one or two tears, but it was very, I have a very like business approach conversations with my parents. Like my parents are very business orientated people. Like they are just, they blow my mind. They can do like, they can do like P and L statements just in their head and just be like, okay. Like after you're like, I'm just like, I don't know how you guys can do Profit this. Profit and loss statements. Uh, <laughs> sure. Thank you for the <laughs> Like it's just, it blows my mind. So like whenever I have conversations with them, it's always just very like, very formal. Here are the facts. Yeah, we hear the facts and like, it's just like, yeah. not very emotional, just, but I love my parents to death, so. Yeah. <laughs> they seem like good people. So you didn't know until 2016 or you didn't admit it, to, I guess, to yourself until? So I would say in like high school, there's times where I was like, well, maybe, but I was just like, I mean, like the whole gay thing in a small town, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I was just like, don't like, think too much about it. Or- yeah, exactly. And then it's just like, well, like grew up pretty conservative too. So I was just like, and then Catholic, throw that on top of it as well. So it's just like all these things are like saying, no, that's not an option. Like, nope, don't do that. Like not possible. And then. I'd say senior year in high school, I was like, ah, oh, maybe. I don't know. It wasn't, I don't know. 
I was just like, I need to go to the cities, see what happens up there. <laughs> so, um, but I think then it was spring semester, freshman year, where I was like, no, yeah, definitely. I was like, yeah, I'm not bi or straight. So just, just gay. <laughs> Very cool. Everyone's learning about themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think it's funny that your parents say that there's nothing that can surprise them anymore. Is that because you have a lot of weird habits? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. What do do you mean weird habits? Um, Like showering in the dark. (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't think my parents know that. (laughs) That's probably true. (laughs) At least I hope they don't like... (laughs) I don't think they know that, but... mm. Maybe. I feel like they probably were. It, just, it shocks me still that my parents even have, like, even, like, a little bit. And I asked my dad, I was like, why? I was like, did you guys, like, think that ever? My dad's like, he's like, imagine how awkward that conversation would be. He's like, if you're not. I was just like, okay, that's, that's true. true. Like, yeah. hey, son, are you gay? No. Oh, okay, like, I don't know. I'd probably just be like, oh, okay. Like, I'm going to go I now. I feel like some parents probably can tell, like, I had a friend in high school who, like, eventually came out as gay. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, oh, I always knew. She's oh, yeah. like, I knew the Wait, whole are your time. parents younger, older, like? Um, I don't know. So, like, my Compared- parents my parents adopted me when they were 37 and 39, I believe. Oh, okay. So they're a little bit older compared to a lot of my classmates. That so makes I feel sense. Like, so I, feel yeah. like, I feel like a lot of my f- high school friends parents probably would have been like oh yeah he's probably gay like <laughs> but like i just feel like my parents are just like that like there's that gap there mm-hmm. like, okay yeah that yeah you just Context. went to that friend's wedding actually yeah i did oh, it, really? was, it was awesome mm-hmm. wait was that where you were for the past two weeks <laughs> was um a no it was a couple, <laughs> couple weeks ago oh, okay, but okay. Mm-hmm. do they know that you keep peanut butter by your bed uh, I think they do, yeah. Because <laughs> there was one time I came home and my mom's like, "I found a jar of peanut butter by your bed." <laughs> so I have, uh, uh, I like peanut butter. Who uh, doesn't? Exactly. Right? Um, but yeah, at work when I was working with Alyssa, I'd always have a jar of peanut butter at my desk, and I just have a spoon sitting there. And every time I just like scoop it up, put it, put the spoonful in my mouth, and just. <laughs> I think the first the time we had lunch, that was your lunch. <laughs> yeah, I do sometimes just eat that. But, like, peanut butter goes on anything and everything. Like, celery, apples, bananas, like, saltine crackers, like, bread. Like, what doesn't it go on? Cookies. That's fair. I mean, I really <laughs> like peanut butter. Yeah, I can't judge because, well, I don't keep peanut butter by my bed. But you might want to start now after getting the idea. <laughs> but I actually did wake up this morning, like, starving. It was, like, four in the morning. See, yo. And I was like, I can't go back to sleep until I have, like, a little snack. And that's what I did is I ate a spoonful of peanut butter. So it's, yeah, it is. Just yeah. your perfect quick little snack. Yes. See a little protein. There's probably a lot of salt and sugar in it. But. Well, depending on what kind. <laughs> yeah, you get. You eat the natural well, peanut butter. I one time I was like, I ran out of peanut butter. It was emergency, so I run to Target. That is an emergency. <laughs> I run there, like find a jar of peanut butter, and I like didn't really look at it. It was just picked it up, checked out, went back to my place, and I get there, and it's like. I don't know if it was natural or what it was, but like it was paste almost. Like I think this it was absolutely disgusting. It was not your smooth, creamy peanut butter. Like it was probably natural peanut butter. Probably, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was probably the healthy, healthier stuff. And I was just like, nope, that's not happening. Or the ones where you actually have to stir it. I mean, like it does no, taste good, yeah, but go the fact those. that you have to like do it is just 
too much work when <laughs> too, you need actually, the peanut butter. Actually, you need the peanut butter now. A good sad. trick that my husband taught me is once you stir it up, mm-hmm. if you store it in the fridge upside down, oh. then you don't need to oh, stir it ever interesting. again. That is like revolutionary. Such a life hack. <laughs> <Yes>. Life hack. <laughs> Thanks, Gal. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, it seems like you guys are becoming fast friends. I do have a question that you might differ on. Okay. So Emily's considering going back to school for therapy. <laughs> to become a therapist. Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> or counselor. Okay. Or counselor. Yep. And Nick, you don't necessarily believe in therapy, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I believe people do it, but I don't know if I believe in the, like, like the the results that come from it maybe is probably the better way of putting it and i know you've done like a lot of like research as far as like actual academic studies Mm -hmm. on therapy so extensive (laughs) i didn't say extensive i said a lot but maybe you've done some (laughs) yeah it just seems like like well we did you read the book one nation under therapy no i have it though okay Alyssa gave it to me i'm going to read okay it. so Alyssa and i and then another co-worker we read a book she's gonna be mad that you called her a co-worker but continue well, i didn't know if i'd say her. did we already say her name yeah but if you don't call her oh. a friend she's gonna yell at you so my friend dana <laughs> shout out <laughs> we all read a book at work it was called one nation under therapy and it was talking about how we as a society are just like using it as like an outlet or it's just like an easy kind of like um reason it's like almost a reasoning for why we do things or like an excuse to do something bad when you should just be able to fix yeah in some cases fix should be able to fix or just like act better yeah and so, so like you go to therapy because you did something bad or therapy i think it does kind of just it festers the problem almost it's just like dwelling on it whereas you could just look beyond it and just be just like you said Alyssa, put on your big big boy pants just like don't have to keep on focusing on it because i feel like that just makes the problem worse and it's just kind of like mm-hmm. creates that pseudo like effect to it where yeah it's like okay is it really a problem or are you just making it a bigger problem than what it really is mm-hmm. and i feel like like for me at least i don't do like I don't I know there's a lot of people that do like antidepressants like anxiety anxiety medication and I'm always and like I just think people put even like kids are on it nowadays which just blow my mind because I'm just like how are you supposed to like create like coping skills if you're just going to be relying on this medication for your help and to rely on medication just scares me. Like, I'm just like, I don't want to know that I can't function today if I don't take something that will change my mindset. And I, I don't know, it's just kind of like another thing that I, a big part is like personal growth, at least for me. And it just seems like medication is just kind of a crutch. Yeah. Whereas if you were to just, I don't know, just self-reflect on it, then I feel like that itself would be more beneficial than actual therapy and like talking and bringing up the problem over and over again. But like, I could see therapy, like, like I would, maybe I guess some people would consider like when I talk to my mom and like, we'll sometimes stay up until like one in the morning, just talking, like maybe some people consider that therapy. I find that beneficial, just like shooting ideas back and forth Mm -hmm. and just talking about stuff. But it seems like, I know like for therapy, 
maybe <laughs> you say I'm trusting, but the <laughs> for therapists, I'm like, well, like to make somebody better, basically like ruins the point or you lose your customers or whatever. It's like, and I know there's like an ethical aspect where like people are like, oh, like therapists yeah. are supposed to make you better and like that's their job. Mm -hmm. But it just seems like, well, a therapist isn't going to necessarily like by doing your job, you lose your job. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I, I feel like you make a lot of super interesting points <laughs> and like valid points, too. But but I think that medication and therapy are definitely separate okay. things. And. And I do agree with you that like a lot of people just like someone goes to the doctor and they're like, I'm nervous or I'm anxious or mm -hmm. like I have this problem in my life. And a, like a lot of times doctors are quick to be like, oh, here's I'll write you a prescription. Yeah. I feel like it's that it's like that with like ADD or ADHD mm -hmm. or with like kids, too. And I I feel like hopefully that's getting better. But yeah, but I don't know. Um, well, I have an, my I have a niece who's oh gosh, seven and she's on. um I don't know if it's antidepressant. It's like a mood stabilizer. Mm -hmm. Now, like she's seven years old, and like I remember, I had this conversation with my mom because I was just like, "Why is like why is she on it?" And like she's telling me about the process of like the teacher has to like there's like a whole process in order to get a child on it. But I don't know. There's still a part of me that's just like, well, I guess like if the teacher approves it, and then the doctor has to approve it, and it's mm -hmm. like all those evaluations that come with it. Yeah. But. I don't know. I still sometimes think it's kind of like an easy outlet yeah. where it's like, yeah, for sure. But then again, I'm always like, I always have to be, I feel like careful. Cause like, I don't know who's all on, like what it is. And like, I don't like, I know we as a society don't understand like mental illness completely. And like, we have all that research and like, I personally don't like, like, I, I don't want to say suffer, but I don't know what a good word. Would You've never experienced like anxiety or. Yeah, exactly. Because my mentality is always like, as long as you can manage everything, <laughs> you won't have anxiety or stress in your life, <laughs> which is probably easier said yeah. than done. But I'm just like, yeah, well, each person is different and everyone's struggling with someone, mm -hmm. something different. And it's actually like, it's, it's hereditary. Like it runs in family anxiety mm -hmm. and depression. And, and yeah, I definitely agree with you that people are quick to just prescribe medicine and say, Oh, this will help. <laughs> and, and I definitely agree with you that, like, I don't want to be relying on some sort of medicine yeah. to, like, fix me or, like, be like, if I don't have this, then I'm not going to be fine. Yeah. But there are a lot of people where medication's really helpful for them and, mm -hmm. like, they really do need it. And, um, and, and in other cases, like, sometimes you want to take that medic medication for a while just so that, like, you can understand what it's like to like not feel like that like not feel like okay i'm not feeling depressed or anxious like this is what mm -hmm. it's like and then when you're off that medication like you can like deal with it yourself to bring you back to that place because you know what it feels yeah. like i like that i would echo that as someone who's currently taking anxiety medication okay um i like kind of had that mindset of like no medication like just like I didn't want to be that person that relied on medication, yeah. but I was to a point where there was just like a lot going on in life, lots of like funerals and life changes and things happening. And I would like go home and like not be able to like turn off my thoughts to the point where I had like blood pressure problems. Like Oof. I was like that stressed out. And so I like went to the doctor and I was like, I don't know that medication's the answer. And so they're like, well, let's do medication to get you feeling better right away. And then also do therapy to talk about some coping <laughs> mechanisms. And 
So my plan is to ease off of the medication starting this year because okay. I have taken, now that I know how it feels to like be anxiety free, mm-hmm. I also know and have been able to develop, I guess, ways to deal with things and how I can like turn off my thoughts mm-hmm. on days that are like worse so that I can ease off medication and then deal with it without the mm-hmm. medication. So you think, or what you have been doing, you feel like has been helping though? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Another point I'll make in pro of therapy <laughs> is that it's it's rare for you because you talk about how you talk to your mom and how that's a, a form mm-hmm. of therapy. And I think that's like really important and like yeah. really great that you have that. And um, like everyone should have a person like that in their life. But it's rare that you find a person to talk to about what's going on in your life that like doesn't know you, doesn't know your family. Like no matter what you say to them, they're not going to pass judgment on you or the people that you're talking about. And I feel like, like in my life, I've like had things I need to talk to people about, but I don't want to like spill my guts, like talking about like different situations with different people to people that I know and that people know like the, the, people, other the other people that I'm talking about yeah. and then like judge me or judge them. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like freeing to be able to talk to someone and like, you can just say whatever you want and you don't have to worry about them. Like judging the people you're talking about, like, um, or like passing that information on really. Cause yeah. they can't. And I, another thing i'll add (laughs) i don't mean this to be i have okay two points one for therapy and one against it so um i feel like too sometimes if you for me anyway i feel sometimes like i'm burdening if i just need to like get some validation for some feelings so it's Mm -hmm. easy to talk to a therapist get those feelings validated so i can move on versus like having to annoy probably not annoyed like I can talk to my parents whenever but like I feel like I'm annoying them if I'm like oh this is really stressing me out and they're like dude you're fine like stop it (laughs) but if I tell that to a therapist well one they're taking my money to listen to me and like they're gonna validate my feelings and then I can just like move on and like know that I'm not like going crazy Crazy. but I will say too in that book it talked a lot about I guess like the coddling culture that we're being brought up in Mm -hmm. and um our friend who is a therapist talked about how sometimes people might come in and they just don't know how to like resolve any sort of conflict. And they do in therapy need that tough love because really that's something they should have already and have grown up with. Like if you get in a fight with someone, you just have to resolve it. Like that's not necessarily something that you should need to go to therapy for, but because our culture is leaning towards coddling and protecting people from having any sort of conflict people don't know how to necessarily deal with conflict Mm -hmm. that's interesting that you guys like for your validation like i do i do that all the time like just the other weekend like i think like there's this this issue i was just like um just like oh my god like am i the only one like that like has gone through this like but like i would reach out to like my friends or like i'm close with my sister-in-law and so it's always like I'll be on the phone with them and I'll be like, or texting them. And I don't know. So it's interesting that you would find it like in a therapist, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. See, well, that's another thing. Like <laughs> back to the friends thing. I feel like a friend is also someone you can like, I don't know. They should be able to be like that's a therapist. Board. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but no, that's true. Yeah. And I feel like Emily's told me too. She's like, oh yeah, I could tell you were anxious by like the way you texted something. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I don't even say like anything. It's just the way I text. 
<laughs> apparently changes when I'm like super high anxiety. She's like, oh yeah, I knew. And oh, I was really? like, wow, okay. Read my mind, why don't you? Well, okay, well, here's another thing I was thinking about too. So you guys, do you guys share quite a few friends? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Okay, I can see that. See, I always kind of feel like I'm kind of, I wouldn't say maybe a floater probably is probably the best way of putting it because I'm just like, a lot of my friends, like, I would say are like when we when I go out with like friends, it's like two, three, maybe one other person. And so like like I know people from different aspects of my life and like mm-hmm. I've never really had like an event or something that like ever brought them all together. So like I could see where if you have like a big group of friends who all like know each other and whatnot, I could see how information could probably more easily spread through that connection. Whereas like my friends like my friends only know of my other friends through me. Yeah. So like I'm that mm-hmm. point of So you can talk neutral. to them so about. Then, yeah, yeah, so I can talk to like this friend about yep. this. And then it's not like they're going to like talk to another friend and then be like, if there's any drama that arises yeah. from them. Well, I mean, it's not for everyone. Like, yeah. we're no, saying, that's, like yeah. yeah. And the book made that point too. Mm-hmm. Even it yeah. like disclosed like but that's for good, some people. That's a good point is because I have a really good friend who lives in Chicago and mm-hmm. she like I met her randomly going to school in Chicago before I met like a lot of people I hang out with now, but yeah. we just stayed really close and, and her and I talk a, a lot and like share a lot. And mm-hmm. like, I feel like she almost is like a therapist in a way because, yeah. and I am for her because she doesn't know the people I'm talking about. I don't know the people she's talking about and, but it's just a lot easier to share information yeah. and like, um, be a little more of like a biased sounding board yeah unbiased sounding board <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah good point yeah well and i also don't share everything with my mother <laughs> 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 there's there's a lot <laughs> but it seems yeah. like each person has a little different thing that i can like yeah share yeah. Like, Many like, therapists. Okay, like yeah like okay like i feel like each one's kind of like a specialist <laughs> like i can be like oh i can turn to this friend for like i don't know like school struggle or like this yeah. friend for like a work struggle or i can turn to this one for like a relationship mm-hmm. struggle or i can turn to this one yeah. just for like i don't know just general life situations yeah i feel like that's really important for like life Friend support that. group. <laughs> Find your different people you can talk to about different things. And yeah. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about not following into uh, gay stereotypes, quote unquote. Um, and you said you were carrying a card in your wallet. <laughs> yeah. I've, so I think it was back in 2016. Yeah, so when I was at uh, St. Thomas, I joined the College Republicans Club. Um, growing up, I'd, my parents are republicans and just like everybody that i know pretty much mm-hmm. is all very conservative and like i always felt that way as well um i know one of my high school teachers her and i would always exchange political cartoons because like i was probably <laughs> the more politically vocal one in my school um which isn't anything compared to what is going on today i'm probably very quiet <laughs> compared to a lot of people but I don't know, politics has always just fascinated me and it's just me and like my dad and I, we always have like talks about politics and whatnot. Um, so for me then to be like gay, I was always like, well, then I, I was just like, well, I feel like I have to be like a Democrat or something, but I just never, I've never like fully, I guess, be- um, supported, I guess, or liked the idea of like a lot of their policies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But that card you're talking about <laughs> is a Republican <laughs> card. Uh, I've been a member since 2016. However, I have there i've never i've always been a split ticket voter mm-hmm. so i've never voted right along party lines it's usually like um it's very very split which i know is probably rare uh, or not that common but yeah it's just kind of interesting being like i was it's kind of like even though i'm out as a gay person i feel like i can't be out politically because <laughs> sometimes I feel like like that aspect of my life is still in the closet um Mostly because I feel like Trump, but, um, yeah. So when you're talking about falling, falling more along the Republican side, is that more like less of social issues and more like, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So fiscally conservative, socially, um, liberal, but then a lot of people are like, Oh, well, why aren't you just a libertarian? it's like, well, no, because I believe that we need a government because Mm -hmm. I know my, one of my high school teachers was a strong libertarian. And I was just like, no, I was like, cause I always think of politics as kind of like, uh, kind of like a like a soccer game or like a football game or something like you have refs for a reason like if you if you took the refs out which are like which would be the government like who knows what would go on so i'm just like i feel like there should be like a set of rules that you play by the refs are what guide those rules but then i guess it kind of varies on like how much they're involved into the game is probably where people start to differ Mm -hmm, quite a bit mm -hmm. but so i would not definitely not a libertarian at all <laughs> i believe in the government i feel like i feel like people give a little bit more um or degrade it more than i feel like they do a yeah. pretty good job well i feel like <laughs> the difference is a lot of people are blinded by the social issues that are like blown up in mm-hmm. the media mm-hmm. because those are like the big things that people are thinking about and a lot of underrepresented people are like screaming about because that's mm-hmm. what like really affects them and it's more of the like feeling yep. side of right. politics. Yeah. yeah. Emotional connections yeah. to things. Yeah. See, and I was actually talking to one of my coworkers and we were saying like how like it seems like most people our generation is very is more or I guess maybe in general. I know at my current work a lot of people are very conservative there. Okay. Um, which can be kind of interesting at times. But um we were talking about how it seems like a lot of people are becoming more like, or, or in general, people are more conservative or fiscally conservative and just like more liberal when it comes to social issues and how like, it seems like every party's trying to fight for like a different like group of people. Mm-hmm. And I, we were saying how like probably like in the future, that probably won't even be a thing anymore yeah. where it's like, it'll just come down to, um, well, hopefully, I feel like social issues, I mean, as long as there's, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to say no social issues in politics, but, like, if everything's just equal across, like, the social issues and it only comes down to the fiscal issues, I feel like that's probably what, or I would like to see politics do is just come down to more of that. Because I feel like that's more of the interesting side of politics is more okay, like, which economic, like, model do we <laughs> do we prefer or do people prefer? But maybe let's, maybe people would be less interested in politics if there was no social, if there were no social issues. Well, I feel like that's, like, the ideal state, right? Is everyone's treated fairly and equally <laughs> yeah. and we only have to worry about what to do with our dollars? Like, yeah, that's, that's kind of the ideal, but yeah. it's unfortunately not the world we live in. And maybe people wouldn't be as interested in politics if it was that way. It was maybe. just 
less social issues. But yeah, usually when it comes to like social issues, I'm just like, well, I don't know, like a person's a person, like, I don't feel like there's really, I get, I get that there's injustices and whatnot, but I'm just like, I'm not, I'm more interested in the fiscal the monetary side of it. So that's why I'm always feel like, well, I feel like my political activity has probably decreased quite a bit because I'm just like, I'm not really too in like, you will never see me walking down Hennepin Avenue during pride, waving a flag around ever. <laughs> I, I, can, <laughs> I can promise you that. So it's just, I think just, to each their own and then the fiscal side is what gets me so yeah yeah do you think you're saying that though as a place from privilege as a white male that's exactly the thought that went through in my head wow i was like i don't know if i should say that thank you Alyssa. i like it i'm glad you called me out on it i mean no like um Probably, actually. I mean, I would I would be lying if I said I wasn't, like, somewhat privileged. Like, or See, I don't like using the word privilege because I feel like privilege is just, like, like, you can be privileged to have opportunities. I don't like the negative connotation that comes with it. But I would say that I definitely have been fortunate enough to have, like, many opportunities that probably that have put me ahead of other people. So, I don't know. Yeah, I guess maybe I'm a little blind to that. I think it's good that you recognize it. And I feel like I sometimes too need to be like called out on my privilege because as a white female, like mm-hmm. I don't like have to fear some things that people of color have to fear just like on an everyday basis. Yeah. Um, that being said, when it politically, I think I vote like on issues and it's hard because there's never a candidate that I agree with every single issue. So yeah. I tend to be again like a cross-party voter okay. or pretty That's moderate i okay. would say what were you gonna guess my political views were <laughs> a little more left <laughs> but I, I well that's well, because i call some of our coworkers out for yeah <laughs> i feel like my feminism shows a lot at work which <laughs> well good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah no i i'm probably a lot more left than my family who's very right-winged and then i'm probably a lot more right than a lot of the people i went to school with and live with, like socialized with in the twin okay. Cities, so I, I would talk, consider myself moderate but but you're not a single issue voter would you no say? okay because those people drive me crazy not <laughs> a single issue i look yeah. at all the issues like, and then i basically pick the lesser of all of the evils because yeah. that's how i view politics <laughs> <laughs> i like that um <laughs> well it's kind of funny you say like uh the whole feminism thing at work <laughs> because currently in my new work <laughs> it's very different than my previous in work. what way um so i so i grew up on a farm and agriculture has kind of just like always been my background mm-hmm. and that's probably where i see my career taking me in the future is something agriculture related um i actually had this conversation the other day when i said agriculture someone said well that's farming and i'm like well there's like not just like manual labor to it like there's a there's actually a white collar sector of agriculture industry mm-hmm. um but the agriculture sector in general is very like white male dominated mm-hmm. and at our previous employer at my previous employer there was always I was always fascinated by how many women I worked with. I was like, oh, this is like, I don't know. It was, I don't know. I guess, I guess I don't, I shouldn't say fast. It's just, just the way it was. I didn't really notice. I wouldn't say that I no, ever noticed a difference. It was mm-hmm. just the way it was. But now that I'm not there anymore and I'm at this new place, 
I've really noticed the, the difference because I pretty much work with all white males. They're all like a lot of them are like like forty five plus in age, and it's just it's a different environment um, compared to my last job. So. Interesting. Well, I guess I should feel somewhat happy about that <laughs> as one of the women that you used to work with. So yeah, because um, I mean, like. Usually I feel like even though you're out, like even though I'm out, I feel like there's still a play, time and place of being like, there's still another like coming out again when you go to like a new workplace. Because mm-hmm. um, when I was working with you, I was never like fully out, but then I wasn't out when I started there. Right. So, and then by the time I did come out, I was pretty much out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I like had to confirm with you when you got here. Because I was like, I know you've talked about like, a boyfriend and stuff or like dating guys and I was like okay I just want to confirm <laughs> because you've never said it not that you have to come out but it's an interesting thing that you have to like re-come out every time you go to yeah, a place just, and like I went out yesterday with some co-workers and they're my age and whatnot and they're like 100% like they're cool chill with it um but there's still like a little apprehension at my current job where it's like these people are like my parents' age. Some are probably older than my parents. So I'm just like, I don't want to be, I don't want like me being gay to be what defines me. I want mm-hmm. my like performance at work to be mm-hmm. my defining point. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, like Nick, the gay, the gay one. <laughs> it's just like, oh. Yeah. But so it's, but I wouldn't say I'm like ever shy away from it, but it's usually something I just generally drop into the conversation. I'll be like, they're like, oh, like what you do this week? And I was like, oh, my boyfriend and I did this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because then I feel like it, it's almost more awkward. It's coming out and being like, like how do you initiate that conversation? Right. Like, hey guys, I'm gay. Like, but like I said, I don't want that to be like, like not necessarily just my what I'm defined by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting how like different companies create different cultures around mm. all these different issues that are happening. Like. Just recently, I started a new job a few months ago, and I always look at, like, the executives and (laughs) look at the demographics there. Because at my last company, I was in corporate communication, so we work really closely with all the executives. And um, our CEO was a woman, and I, like, took pride in working for a company that had a woman CEO and, like, really looked up to her. Mm -hmm. And then they did kind of an executive sweep when she retired, and, like, all these white Males came in. Really? And yeah, Alyssa and I were joking because they were all like, John, Jim, Jim. All start with a J. Every executive is a white man yeah. with a J name. And then um, I was talking to a coworker of mine at the time, and she was like, Yup, every company I've ever worked for, she's like, This is how it is. And then there's a token woman, and she's always like the HR executive. Uh, you're describing my work. <laughs> yeah. And. And then, so I started at this new company and it's the same, Okay. And, but this company is like, like very, I'm like blanking on the right word, but like, for example, they were like a huge sponsor in the Minneapolis pride, like oh, okay. festival and parade and oh, like, like active. Yeah. We were encouraged to like volunteer okay. and like wear That's our cool. like work branded 
pride gear. Oh. Um, and then they also like, I was sitting in like all the benefit meetings and stuff like learning as a new employee. And like, they basically like scream to us that contraception, like no matter what you pick or however, mm-hmm. like is like totally covered. Okay. And I'm like, wow. Like that's <laughs> very cool. Yeah. yeah. I've never even like, so Hmm. Yeah, that's a very Interest, progressive, interesting company. company. Progressive, that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> and I've said that before for some reason. I was like, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I would not say. Although apparently we have more women than other places, yes, you do. we are not quite that progressive. But it is like a younger demographic. Mm-hmm. Like the okay. company, the average age. They just said this in a meeting is like thirty-two. Oh wow! Oh, so that's pretty that's young. young. Hmm. Yeah, very cool interesting world we're living in <laughs> i know a few years ago i think it might have been last year i think is i don't know if it's pioneer prize it was some minnesota might have been the daily minnesota daily they actually called out my current employer <laughs> because the whole executive board is white males there mm-hmm. and like well and then there's also like they're trying to figure out a way to like implement it in but they kind of have like a little caveat that's almost i feel like it's almost nearly impossible to get any diversity on the executive board or it might be the board of directors I think it's the board of directors. There's like 17 all white males. And um, one of the requirements in order to be a board of, uh, board of directors is that you have to be a farmer. Oh. And it's like, that's such a generational thing. And it's like, who in the United States that isn't a white male farms? Like, every, it, like it's, it's a very small sector. Exactly. So it's just like, I don't, because like my boss is talking to me about it. And I was just like, I have no idea. Like, how you would get any diversity based off of that because unless you start like getting some urban farmers from the cities and if you start classifying that as a farming yeah but i don't know how else they would possibly well farming's struggling maybe it'll become more diverse (laughs) (laughs) we have a question that we ask all of our guests and that is if you had a reality show about your life what would it be called and why so I'd be lying if I said I didn't think about this. <laughs> I've listened to all of your podcasts. So I knew this was coming. We love it. <laughs> we love it. I feel like it's um, rare that we have a guest that's like an actual lawyer. I know. A lot of times you're like, oh, did you talk about that? Because I actually don't listen. But that's okay. Oh, uh, So I'm not the creative one at all. <laughs> like I, I thought about it. And I was just like thinking. I was like, well, I don't want it to be like cheesy or anything. But I think if I were to choose one, I think it'd be exceeding expectations. Okay. That's probably what I would call it. I like it. it. Alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a writer? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd say I'd say that because I was like, well, I don't know. I feel like as long, as long as you can exceed expectations, like I feel like you're doing pretty well in life. And I always feel like that's what I kind of strive for. Like, because what is excellence? So it's just like. But expectations are something that is set. It's just like okay. measurable. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah. Not, and I'm more of like a a measurable type person <laughs> like oh if you can measure like okay yeah. these are the expectations like you can it's that de- like it's definite whereas excellence like can one ever achieve that mm-hmm. very cool well where can our listeners find you on social media <laughs> um they can find me on snapchat <laughs> <laughs> snapchat is my only social media um i don't have facebook instagram twitter um, whatever else is out there um <laughs> send me a letter <laughs> if you want an intentional uh, choice yeah <laughs> um yes it is an intentional choice i used to i had facebook mm, i think it was like 2013 i got it 
And I remember when I got it, all my high school friends were like, Nick on Facebook? Like, do pigs fly? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just, so I had it for a bit. And then um, I also had Twitter. And I also had an Instagram. And I got rid of them all because it just like, it just seemed like a, like it was a pinboard of like my life. But it's not, I didn't want people to like base who I am off of that. Mm-hmm. And like, it just seems like, oh, like when you talk about somebody, they straight go to social media and they try and find the connections. And it's just like, <laughs> you just bring all these like assumptions and whatnot yeah. into it. Whereas like if I'd rather have people meet me and just have like a clear slate and be like, okay. And then it's just kind of like add different things that you learn about that person onto it rather than like see this or that. And like, I literally just um, finished a book called 10 Arguments Why to Delete Your Social Media Right Now. And it's, it's pretty interesting. It talks about like how the he actually encourages a he he doesn't have any social media. And he said that he will get social media if it comes to paying, if you have to pay for it. He doesn't want it to be free because like he's saying we aren't we aren't the customers of social media. We are the product of it mm-hmm. and how it's the business model of social media that makes us like become more. I don't know if devious is the right word, but just not nice people. So he said, if you pay for it, then we're actually going to be a customer of social media. And then, and like today it seems like the business model, like the algorithms is what really gets us to be like just these crummy people. I could see that. Yeah. I do have a LinkedIn, so <laughs> you can find me on that, actually. Oh and it's kind of funny. He actually mentions his LinkedIn and then how like on there, everybody's so like, formal on it because yeah. there's like that like that reputation you're putting business. your reputation yes. on the line with mm-hmm. that one there mm-hmm. so like you don't want and like the fact that that has it but like all these other social medias is like social media outlets don't like mm-hmm. have it's just don't have that aspect to it people just kind of post whatever and they just want to show your best life. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like more and more I'm hearing about people deleting their Facebooks, mm-hmm. deleting their Instagrams, not being on or not going on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's like trending that way almost. <laughs> and like younger people are getting into social media and like people our age are like kind of over it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel like there's a lot of anxiety that comes with it oh too. yeah and just i mean that's why you don't have anxiety probably. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it comes <laughs> real cir- full yeah. circle <laughs> but no i always admire people when they say that i'm like i need to strive to get there because- <laughs> See, i was actually talking to my boyfriend about that well when i bought the book he was like why are you even getting the book you don't have social media mm-hmm. and i was like well so i can strengthen my argument but so like that's one thing because like when my boyfriend tries to introduce me or talks about me people are always like oh what's his instagram what's his facebook <laughs> and like no one they're like so it's always kind of like i'm the mystery man like who is this guy like you don't have any like anything to show us that he actually exists um i feel like a better person to myself but it's just not like not something i'd flaunt that's like oh yeah i don't do social media because i'm better than everybody yeah it's not there, like a- there are times where i'm like well like the, the like the whole connection thing can be like it's nice like with facebook like to actually kind of stay connected with people mm-hmm. because then like going home and whatnot i usually don't know what's going on yeah like, it's just like but i guess that adds to the conversation but there's still like just people who might not necessarily like 
talk to every day but like you can keep like up to date on their life yeah i've i feel like or i've had conversations with people about how social media is like killing the need to have high school reunions oh really because (laughs) in how this came up someone from my high school was talking about how like now we need to have like some sort of event or like a service project or like a reason for people Mm -hmm. to come together like an activity rather than just like a okay here's a party come and socialize because oh. everyone knows what people are up to because they see it on facebook like yeah you don't have to catch up yeah and so people aren't going to reunions anymore <laughs> because they're like well i don't want to talk to that person i already know that they just got that's engaged so or they had a baby hmm. that's kind of funny you mentioned that because this past past winter i think it was my mom she had a Facebook post and like, I don't have Facebook, but I have, I have a few moles out there that will <laughs> keep me up to date on some things. <laughs> so they'll send me screenshots and whatnot. And my mom had a Facebook post and it was about me and it was talking about like where I'm at in school, like what I'm doing this summer and like what I was doing currently and just like kind of sappy. It was just like, oh, like where's the time going? Like we're so proud, which I'm like, I, I'm glad. But my mole told me like, oh, did you see this post your mom put? I was like, I got a little mad. I was like, no. So it was like a Friday night. I called my mom up. My mom and dad are like, oh, hi, what are you up to? And like we talked, shot, um, shooting the breeze a bit. And then I was like, well, the real reason I called. And my mom's like, I thought it was odd that you called on a Friday night. <laughs> and I was like, so I heard there's a Facebook post out there about me. And my mom's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, can you please take it down? <laughs> so I had to guide my mom on how to delete the Facebook post. <laughs> so my, my mom's like, it has so many likes. And I was like, okay. And then she's like, oh, somebody just commented. I was like, okay. I was like, what's the comment saying? <laughs> so she read the comments. I was like, okay, mom. I was like, I was like, if somebody asks about me, I'm like, I'm glad you're proud of what I'm doing and everything. But like, I don't, I also feel like social media just kind of is like spoon fed information where it's just like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Whereas like, I'd rather have somebody genuinely ask my parents like what I'm up to or what I'm doing rather than like, just put just it knowing. out there for general knowledge. Yeah. I'd rather, yeah, just, for free. I don't want people to just what I'm doing to be general knowledge. I want it to be like authentically. Someone like, cares. So now exactly, that's yeah. why they get to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I made my mom delete it. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of people in my life. Like, my dad won't even let my mom really put him on social media. Oh, yeah. He's, like, totally <laughs> against it. Yeah. <laughs> and my husband, he has social media, but doesn't go on it, really. Okay. So, I'm I'm trying to get there. <laughs> and but I, I do love to know information. Like, I just <laughs> love to see the updates. I don't really post that much myself, yeah. but... And I use it as, like, a online photo album. Like, so I can oh, go yeah. and get, like, memories and, like... Mm-hmm. I only ever, like... Yeah, post pictures. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, it's a I enemy. could also just like use iCloud. So <laughs> There you go. Yeah, but. No, there's when I was home, I don't know, I think it might have been Father's Day weekend. My mom was like taking pictures because the whole family was around. <laughs> my mom asked me, she's like, Is it okay if I put these photos? I was like, Yeah, mom. It's like it's not like a like you could put photos of like the family being together and it's like just it's nice that she's considerate (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) well all that to be said find him on linkedin snapchat (laughs) or snapchat (laughs) um and if you have friends with social media aka your moles you could have them share this episode with their friends that'd be cool yes (laughs) 
<laughs> but thank you for being on and having such open discussion, of even course. though we've talked yeah. about quite the heavy we, t- topic list we here. We went there in this episode. <laughs> we did. And I appreciate the openness and candid conversation. Of course. Yeah, I feel like I'm a pretty you. open book. Yes. <laughs> As you said, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Floral Couch Conversations. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, speaking of social media, at Floral Couch Conversations. Uh, If you have any questions, you want to reach out to us, any... If you need advice on anything or just want us to discuss a certain topic, floralcouchconversations at gmail.com. You can find all the information you need to know about us, floralcouchconversations.com. Yeah, and leave us a five-star review and tell all of your friends, either in person if you don't have social media (laughs) or on social media. We'd love that too. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.